That is a true freaking story. There is a doctor it. who invented a rod that vibrated. So you're supposed to insert it into women's vaginas to give them orgasms because it would stop, quote unquote, female yeah. hysteria. Trade show demonstrations for that were amazing. <laughs> that is a true freaking story. If that happened to me when I was 11 years old, I would be terrified. Are you sure it wasn't a dog? Don't no. you go Blue Book era Heineck on me, all right? I will not take that in my home. All right, you, this, this is too weird. You have to take your clothes off. <laughs> oh, I have a little note here. It says, wait for reactions. That didn't really work out. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh. This is fiction and strange truth. Welcome, everyone, again to fiction and strange truth. Here with me is Dustin and Steven, and I'm going to be telling them two more tales of the unexplained, hopefully to convince them that the freaky shit in the world is true. And man, I just made a bleep for myself. I got bleeped twice in one episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, today I have something a little less paranormal, maybe a little more parabnormal. It's a Hellboy joke. I... Thank you. <laughs> it was from, good. It was really good. From the third movie no one saw? No. Uh, I, I saw the third movie. It wasn't a sequel. Well, see, <laughs> And it's from the first movie. <laughs> again, that's like any movie. is like no one saw it except William. Riddick. Yeah, I Riddick, know. We've uh, done that so many times. It's like no one's seen this except for William. No. So today I am bringing you guys two tales of medical oddities. Let's see if you can figure out which one I made up and which one is true. The first one is Rearminator. Oh, like Reanimator, but mm -hmm. with an arm. Yeah. <laughs> you got exactly what I was going for. Yeah. I, maybe I was going a little more for like Bride of Reanimator, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Terrence was fresh out of medical school and excited to get his hands dirty, figuratively, as a doctor. He excelled as a surgeon, looking to offer his skills to people of other countries through his missionary services deployed from his church, God's United Greater Grace. This interest soon found our would-be Christian hero on a plane headed toward the jungles of Papua New Guinea. That, that far off place in Papua New he's Guinea. A, okay, so he's taking the missionary position. Doom. <laughs> Good one, Stephen. Good one. <laughs> Once stationed there, he found himself busied with everything but being useful as a doctor, until one day the monotony of his excursion was broken as a fellow missionary burst into his tent, shouting for his help. Terence was led to the tiny medical tent that had been established at the site where he found the group's translator trying to calm a screaming figure he referred to only as Old Jim. Quickly jumping into doctor mode, our young adventurer uh, quickly began to attend to his first patient. Cutting away the left sleeve of his completely blood-soaked shirt, Terence found that the man's arm was crushed to the point of amputation. Removing hanging dead flesh, cleaning the wounds, and stopping the bleeding as best he could with the camp's meager medical supplies, his efforts were met with success and the man was soon out of peril. So a local from Papua New Guinea comes in to their tiny little medical tent and yeah, his arm was just crushed by something so super heavy it just kind of took his arm off. Why do they call him Old Jim? It's a mispronunciation 
of the local, like his local name. So it's mm-hmm. something that sounds like old Jim. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So like probably like, you know, he's like, what's your name? He's like, go trip. And they're like, oh, old Jim. Old old Jim with Let's... his smashed arms and <laughs> classic old Jim. The next morning found their wounded guest in surprisingly high spirits and lacking the expected pain. Terrence, through his translator, asked the man how his arm had been crushed, but old Jim just shrugged, laughed, and explained that he would have another one eventually. Confused but glad his patient was alive, Terrence provided him some antibiotics, and after having a fellow missionary snap a picture of him with old Jim, allowed the curious local to return to the jungle. (laughs) Yeah, he made sure to get that picture. Just get a picture, some antibiotics, and some topical topical cream (laughs) on that. You'll be fine. Aloe vera. Yeah. It's like, hey, armless guy just showed up. (laughs) (laughs) Selfie. Six years later... Terence returned to the same missionary camp to evangelize and tend to the wounds of the area's people. One day, he joined a group unloading supplies from a well-worn truck. As he assisted a local man with a particularly heavy box, he couldn't help but to feel as though he had met the man before. The aging gentleman smiled at Terence, pointed to his left arm, and in broken English explained, Another. Better now. Awestruck, the young physician reached into a small pouch where he kept a few valued possessions, removing the beaten photo of his first patient abroad. He couldn't believe his eyes. Before him was the same man, old Jim. Only now, he once again had two fully functional arms. With special assistance through his church, Terence brought old Jim back to the States to be examined by medical specialists in the medical field. That is where medical specialists normally are. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually wrote Christian specialists somehow, and I was like, well, I'm just going to default and make that clear. (laughs) What they found was truly unbelievable. Bum, bum, bum. I wonder if it was like Deadpool where like the limb grows back. But it's like a baby arm at first, and then yeah, it's yeah, it's like a baby hand, and then he, yeah, and he like says he wants to masturbate with it because then his his penis would feel huge. Exactly. <laughs> the first Deadpool is very good. The second one is taller. I like the fight at the end and the second one better because it's like dead. Colossus is like I'm fighting dirty, and I like Juggernaut. Mm. He's like I'm gonna. I'm going to melt you down and make a cock ring. It's like, that's rated R. That's what I expect. It's very adult <clears throat> Marvel, too, I would say. Yeah, you can cut all that out. <laughs> I'll just, what I'll do is I'll just take all the snippets of us talking about movies during Fast, and I'll build an entire episode of No Gas for <laughs> it's This. It's been outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all nonsensical and clipped together. <laughs> all right, guys, this one might get a little uh, tense. This story is entitled Tooth Explosion. Because it happens at a camp in tents. Oh, I get I get it. Because mm. it's in Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get to this gritty thing. Hard at work in his practice in Pennsylvania, Dr. Atkinson took care to attend to the dental needs of his patients. Being a dentist in 1817 offered him a steady line of toothaches, cavities, and other mouth-borne maladies to keep his patient basis booming. 
He at that point had functioned as a dentist for several years and had just about witnessed any oddball dental issue you could imagine. Or had he? Later in the day, a man entered his waiting room complaining of a severe tooth pain coming from the left side of his jaw. The sympathetic medical practitioner took the man into his exam room on the spot, noticing that this new patient was in great distress, greater even than those with extreme tooth decay. Seating him in an exam chair, Atkinson gathered his usual instruments and went to work. He braced the wailing man's jaw open, closely inspecting each tooth as he narrowed down the source of the unfortunate soul's agony. After a thorough investigation, Atkinson was able to round down the source of the pain as coming from either a canine or bicuspid tooth on the man's upper row of teeth. However, despite inciting pain howls from the patient he was inspecting, the teeth appeared to be in perfect health. Unwilling to remove what appeared to be pristine teeth, Atkinson could do nothing but suggest pain medication and send the man on his way. So unexplained tooth pain. It's like an 1817 pain medication is like opium. Straight up morphine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, was it when they were giving you like, um, it was basically, it wasn't quite cocaine, but it was some in a bottle that was basically like, yeah, it was basically, basically cocaine. Coke. Yeah. And then Coca-Cola came out and we were all happy drinking our cocaine. <laughs> And they figured out caffeine is a much less addictive substance. Mm. They put that in there instead. Yeah. It's more oily, though. It makes people need to poop. Mm. Perhaps this was the safest decision Atkinson could have made. As the day progressed, the blazing hurt only grew, sending the man into an animalistic agitation. He screamed and howled as he paced his home, frightening his wife and passers-by and even became so consumed with stopping his torture that he plunged his head below freezing water. After a sleepless night of suffering at around 9 a.m., something truly horrifying happened. As his family watched, the man's tooth suddenly exploded. The sound of the blast was so great that witnesses outside the home could hear it. But even more bizarre was the victim's reaction to this event. For when the moment had ended, relieved of his problem tooth, the man turned to his wife with a smile. All his pain had gone. Surprised by this news, Atkinson made sure to keep note of what he thought was a truly unique medical oddity, at least until 13 years later, when a young woman entered his practice complaining of a toothache. Bum, bum, bum. Isn't that what most people are? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 1817 sugars in regular use in like everything at that point. So also yeah. infections have to be pretty uh, frequent, you know, like gum line infections and tooth infections. All right, guys. So what are your what are, what are your thoughts on these two medical oddities? We have a Papua New Guinea local popping out of the bushes with no arm. Six years later, he has an arm. And then we have, uh, you know, some guy just marching into an office being like, hey, doctor, my tooth hurts. And all of a sudden he goes, you know, the, the end of Die Hard on his tooth. What year did the uh, New Guinea thing happen? That was in the <clears throat> 1990s. The church record is iffy on the date. Somewhere between 95 and 98. I should say it was a it was like an actual like photo mat photo that he pulled out of his pocket. It wasn't like a printed photo or and it wasn't a Polaroid. So there was film taken, then developing, and then prints. And was a photo of his identical twin brother. <laughs> mm. Yeah, if they can't even get his name right, like they probably don't even know he has a brother. 
They're probably, that's probably like a big lady. joke they were playing on him. Like, they, he, one of them would go into town, you know, on alternate days. <laughs> Just switch out arms. Jim. Like, not, and neither of them was named old, old Jim or Old Jim or whatever. They just said, that's my name. Mm. And the white guys didn't, didn't even know the difference. Yeah. Just, you know, my name is uh, Atero Kumpo. And we'll call you Jim. <laughs> <laughs> old Jim. Old Jim. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that's not really recounted is if uh, old Jim was actually old. We don't know. So that's that's OL apostrophe Jim. Then he's old Jim. Old Jim. Old yeah. Jim. Yeah. Good old Jim. Well, th- thoughts and and guesses. I don't know. I think I feel like even though there's like a hundred plus years difference between the two uh, events, I feel like exploding tooth. No matter what time it takes place, exploding tooth is more believable than guy regrows an arm. Okay. Unless, as Dustin suggested, he has a twin brother. Who knows? Who knew to carry on the long con six years later. <laughs> it might It might <laughs> when be. When he just happened to cross the guy in the missionary position. It might be. It might be. Who knows? Like, One of these days, someone is going to show you a photo of me, <laughs> <laughs> pretend it's you, and say you're bigger... Faster, better, stronger. Yeah, just say new arm. Point your left arm. Say new arm. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain later. What's your guess, Dustin? Uh, I'm with Stephen on this one. I think exploding tooth is uh, much more likely than regrowing a limb. Mm. Well, unfortunately, you guys are both right. <laughs> oh, you faked us out there for a split second, William. Yeah, I tried to go all radio host. Yeah. Okay, so this is a truly weird one, but yes, this this one is true, guys. It's extremely unpleasant to have a problem tooth. It can keep you from cold foods, put you at risk of a cavity, and even lead to the most feared dental procedure. The and, root canal? <laughs> and even lead to the most feared <laughs> dental procedure, a root canal. Yes, that was <sighs> word for word. But for several patients from the 1800s through the 1900s, the pain and torture of dental disease reached explosive new extremes. <laughs> I'm clever. Because <laughs> it, it was a fad in Victorian England to uh, just uh, mix some gunpowder with your chewing tobacco. You know, crikey. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like nowadays we have the Smashing good teeth. fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Smashing good fun. <laughs> This jaw-clenching and shiver-inducing account was documented in the documented in the first American medical journal dedicated exclusively to dentistry. Dental Cosmos was the name of that dental publication. To the Cosmos, we reached the, the teeth. You know, they could have called it Tooth the Cosmos, <laughs> tooth and they didn't. The Cosmos, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. What the heck? <laughs> God, the 1800s suck. <laughs> W.H. Atkinson. So I do have to uh, clarify here. I did fudge this a little bit. You didn't have to get a doctorate to be a dentist in the 1800s? Oh, no. It was like being a barber. You yeah. could just like open up a, sh- or a chiropractor. Just like, hi, I'm a dentist. Yep. <laughs> so W.H. Atkinson, there's no doctor W.H. Atkinson. It's just W.H. Atkinson was a dentist plying his trade in Pennsylvania in 1817, tending to patients with your run-of-the-mill dental-related problems like toothaches, cavities, halitosis, and anything else caused by the rising popularity of sugar in the good old USA. But this humdrum day quickly became more interesting. No, okay. <laughs> 
I'm trying to I'm trying to be funny. I don't, I don't know if you guys are picking up on that hum hum drum hum drum drum. I don't know where that I don't know where that uh, saying comes from because I've never seen anyone like hum into a drum and and that being boring. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're humming into a drum, like, you're really high. <laughs> <laughs> the sound is amazing, man. My spirit's in here. A resident of Springfield, chronicled only as Reverend D.A., came into Atkinson's practice with an extremely painful toothache. The diligent dentist examined the minister's jaw and identified the pain as emanating from either his right superior canine or first bicuspid. It isn't clear what Atkinson did to help his patient, but the examination left the unfortunate Reverend D.A. with no answers. I assume due to the physician's Hippocratic oath, he was unwilling to remove the noted teeth. Doesn't say why he didn't just pull the teeth. I mean, you're a dentist in in 1817, man. If someone's like, here's five bucks, pull my teeth. Like, you just take the teeth out, right? Like, no questions asked. Yeah, but everything that, like, causes an infection could just kill you anyway. In 1817, like any time you expose, like any cut, any sort of wound, anything ever, you were. Did you see the Seth MacFarlane movie? <laughs> like you're just nine times out of ten gonna die from everything. Yeah, and there's all that polio going around. That too. That's Cholera. way later. It's actually like the, well, the 20s, 30s. Cholera. But yeah. Good old. If I were a dentist and didn't have a license, I think that would be my go-to solution most of the time too just be like your teeth are fine i don't know what you're complaining about <laughs> that'll be ten dollars yeah. here's some pain pills some good old opium mixed yeah. with heroin mixed with <laughs> cocaine just uh you put that in your tear ducts and under your gums and then you're, yeah your pain goes right Eat away this with a meal <laughs> <laughs> this left reverend da with a growing inferno of pain emanating from his jaw As the day progressed, his torture became so great that his attempts to alleviate the symptoms reached that of animalistic panic. He was reported to have growled and howled like a wounded creature, paced nonstop, pounded his head into the ground, forced his head under a fence, and even plunged his head into the frigid waters of a local spring. However, this crazed behavior gave him no respite from the agony. This continued through the night until roughly 9 a.m. the next morning, at which time Reverend D.A.'s tooth suddenly exploded into fragments. With a sound so loud, witnesses to the event reported this as, quote, with an audible report like a pistol shot, end quote. You got to do that for legal reasons, I found out. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) The concussive force dazed the good minister for a moment before he managed to turn to his wife and state with a surprised smile, my pain is all gone. Then he, then the reverend did what any of us would do and proceeded to sleep for over 24 hours. It's because one of those fragments was like in, lodged in his pituitary gland. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I feel great. <laughs> Tell me about the glands. Yeah, so... Th- you have to admit that'd be pretty crazy. Not only just for the guys, to, the guy who has the tooth, but also your family. Like, Dad, why are you screaming? And then, just yeah. shots of tooth. So he's also a like reverend. A so what? What curse from the Lord does he think this is? Uh, this is definitely locusts. Yeah, I don't see what else it could be. Well, no, this is the the tooth is the curse. That's the oh. So what is the what was his sin? I wonder. Like, what was his infraction? Uh, he speculated on what lesson he was being taught. 
he he saw a woman's ankles exposed and it aroused him. Exactly. So one of his teeth had to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how religion works, everybody. Eye for an eye, tooth <laughs> for a tooth. So who else's tooth exploded then? Hmm. Or whose tooth did he envy? Um, <laughs> maybe it was her teeth. That's a nice looking tooth. <laughs> I wish I had that tooth. Got some pretty sharp incisors there. Could you imagine every time you had like lustful thoughts about just anyone or anything, one of your teeth exploded? Ooh. I would have no teeth. I know. Well, they yeah. would be gone in minutes. <laughs> I wonder like would they all like, would they wait till you finished and they'd rack, rack all up and then like then explode? And so like all your teeth shoot out all at once like popcorn or would it be like, <laughs> like one person per minutes you know like it's timed (laughs) i think it happens at the most inconvenient of times so like at a quiet scene in a movie theater (laughs) or in church yeah church anytime you're supposed to be quiet it's just like bang (laughs) that would have been great like if that had happened if he was like in church like preaching and also his tooth exploded like that would have been some serious there will be blood type stuff. Oh, especially if he was like in the middle of like a crazy like fired brimstone well, he was, sermon. Yeah, and he's, he's like doing his animal. Yeah, like, and then and then animal he's like stuff and blah blah blah. You know, like my pain, my pain. And then well, and then he's like, it's like Jesus on the cross. <laughs> ah, boom. Well, can you imagine how his congregation would feel if they're like, and God will punish the sinners, and right then his freaking tooth explodes yeah. out of his mouth. Like ah, Dante couldn't envision that. This odd event was followed just 13 years later in 1830. A Mrs. Letitia D. came in reporting the same symptoms. This is, again, to uh, semi-doctor W.H. Atkinson. Uh, She was reporting the same symptoms. Soon after, her tooth also exploded, and Mrs. D., just like our friend D.A., was awash with near-euphoric relief. Next, in in 1855... A Mrs. Anna also began to feel a growing ache within her jaw. Not long after, her left superior canine, which is weird because that is the same tooth that Atkinson uh, diagnosed before as being the source, so also the left superior canine, suddenly and instantaneously split completely. So she didn't fully explode, but hers split two pieces, like in like a second, which again provided complete relief from all symptoms. The last notable case came from another dentist, J. Phelps Hibbler, in 1871, where a young woman's tooth exploded with enough force to nearly knock her off of her feet and leave her deafened for several days. It's that firecracker gum. (laughs) Pop rocks and soda! Pop rocks and soda! (laughs) That Coke original formula knocks you off your feet there. I think of superior canine. I think of like German shepherds, black labs, chihuahuas. No, well, they're clearly a superior canine. Have you ever seen how they act in a group? I mean, you get a swarm of canines, man. It's like pissing off a beehive. You mean a swarm of chihuahua? Oh yeah, I don't know where I am anymore, man. <laughs> so, what caused these anomalies? Since the 1920s, there has been no other cases. Reported. Well, they happened before science, so we'll never know. <laughs> there was science in 1817. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, the science of like... uh, The the, the nice bloodletting will uh, 
fix that tooth. Yeah, or like the doctor is <laughs> claiming they had a miracle cure for female hysteria and then yeah. using that impromptu vibrator on women to give them <laughs> orgasms to stop their hysteria. That mm. is a true freaking story. There was a doctor it. who invented a rod that vibrated so you're supposed to insert it into women's vaginas to give them orgasms because it would stop, quote unquote, female yeah. hysteria. Trade show demonstrations for that were amazing. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous how sexist everything well, it still is, but like was blatantly back then. Most medications that are in pill form were developed for, you know, female emotions. Like, you know, diet pills, methamphetamines. Amphetamines, they gave them to housewives, basically. You know, yeah. It was, quaaludes were to help them to sleep after taking methamphetamines all day. Not methamphetamines, <laughs> excuse me, just amphetamines all day. Anyway, yeah. you can cut all that out. <laughs> well, that's what they call Stephen it. Mother's, rambling on that's why that, that term mother's little helper. Yeah. Yeah. So what caused these anomalies? Since the 1920s, there has been no other reported cases of similar events from the annals of dental history. I thought this was a story about teeth. Ha, uh, maybe. I don't know. There could be teeth in a butt, I guess. Ew. <laughs> and we can safely assume that voluntarily packing your own teeth with homemade explosives, then detonating them was never quite in vogue. Is this something that modern science can solve? Perhaps not. Thomas Morris, a medical history writer, stated this during an interview about the subject. Quote, About 50 years ago, one of the British dental journals reopened it and tried to explain it. There is a sort of slightly implausible theory that it had to do with the chemicals that were used in early tooth fillings. That maybe if you had two different fillings with different chemicals used, it was just possible that these chemicals might have reacted and caused an explosion. End quote. So that was stated by a, a medical history writer, Thomas Morris, which, by the way, um, I, I have it as a, a reference here that I'll mention at the end. But Thomas Morris has a blog that is very good. He writes about medical oddities. It's very cool. I highly suggest it. That's like the bomb, the liquid bomb in Die Hard with a Vengeance. You mix the two. Yeah, and they become chemicals. volatile. Yeah. I don't think they had semi sci-fi made up uh, German terrorist explosives <laughs> in, in the 1800s in <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hugh Delvin, a professor in restorative dentistry at the university university of Manchester's school of dentistry agreed that it was, that it is possible and even common for diseased teeth to split. It's implausible for them to do so suddenly and with gusto. What's the name of that school again? Oh, my God. You're a jerk. University of Manchester's School of Dentistry. Our name is a mouthful. <laughs> oh, my God. See, wasn't that worth it, though? If I would have known Stephen was going to have so many dry jokes, I would have brought some water. <laughs> I'm going to need a second start. I'm going to need two venti frappuccinos. Is that really a venti frappuccino? Yes. So classy. I know. <laughs> An early theory by Atkinson revolved around internal decay causing gas buildup inside the affected tooth. But this idea was ruled out when dental science discovered that tooth decay instead begins on the surface of the tooth and slowly works inward. Before Atkinson, who saw three of these cases, was like, yeah, you know, it's the, you, you get gas buildup on the inside and then they go boom. And <laughs> I'm just imagining that's what he sounds like. Just very just... You know, kind of unsteady and worried. Googly eyes. <laughs> Whoa, your teeth, they're great. I love them. Whoa, get out of my chair. 
Further still, some believe twas fillings that made the boom. Before the advent of mercury amalgam, which is still used today, which is a little worrisome, but the uh, FDA says, oh, it's not enough mercury to harm you. Let's put it in your teeth. <laughs> Before the advent of mercury amalgam and the FDA, dentists could use whatever they saw fit to fill a cavity or cracked tooth. This sometimes included, but is not limited to, lead, silver, tin, and a myriad of custom and mostly undocumented alloys. So they could literally mix together whatever the hell they thought appropriate and inject it into your tooth to fill a cavity or a crack. It's uh, one of the, another use for Mr. Burns' fish slurry. <laughs> tooth, tooth filler. It's just crazy though, but could you could you imagine being a day where you're like you're like, oh, you know, I, my tooth, it, it's hurting real bad, doctor. And he grinds out the cavity. And he's like, all right, just let me heat up these fishing weights real quick. It's like, <laughs> pour them in your mouth. Wait, wait Doreen, get the mercury. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the silvery, slimy stuff in that jar over there. Well, and this is also before <laughs> complex plasters that they use for, for you know, helping filling set and everything nowadays. So well, this was be... either melted into the tooth or using some other... Uh, some other thing that made it melt at a lower temperature and pour it into the tooth. I don't know what discount doctor or dentist this guy was, but normally use gold to fill teeth. No. Up until... Expensive people used yeah, gold well, yeah, to fill teeth. Saying. That's, yeah. yeah. That's why, you know, Washington had donkey and, and horse and slave teeth. I was going to say, yeah. You better... Yeah. <laughs> that was the key... One, the key uh, Category there, you, you you got it right. Yeah. Slave teeth. Yeah, I just didn't want to lead with it, you know, because <laughs> American history sure doesn't. Nope. Oh, bashing my own country. I'm I'm comfortable with that. So it can contain lead, silver, tin, and a myriad of custom and mostly undocumented alloys. Well, lead. There you go, right there. Well, you know, hmm. lead acid battery. Yeah, yeah, maybe. These combinations of metals combined with the moist and often acidic environment of the human mouth could have formed a rudimentary battery. This mild charge could have caused an electrochemical reaction and generated hydrogen gas. This could somehow build up in the mouth, ignite, and cause an, in <laughs> and cause an isolated blast. For some reason it says insolent blast? <laughs> I need to stop writing tired. However, Andrea Sella, professor of inorganic chemistry at University College London regards this theory as extremely far-fetched, although potentially possible. Although, why would it blow up only that tooth? And, and, and why, like, what are you doing to ignite hydrogen in your mouth? And also, why are you not opening your mouth enough on your, in your general life to let the excess hydrogen out so you don't explode? <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't chew match heads like in your spare time. No, I switched to rat traps. All right, to each his own. <laughs> I could have, well, I, I could imagine someone with that habit of maybe chewing on matchsticks or something, getting enough like magnesium and and stuff in their mouth to maybe cause like a a burn if they get like a cigarette in there or something. Or maybe it was a cool bar trick, like look what I can do ah. like, to light the match. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like with a flamethrower I'm imagining like Gamera like going straight outside of his mouth just flaming but the biggest question here is if you too can believe that teeth can explode without explanation why can't you believe in the paranormal <laughs> no but seriously okay that's why no the hydrogen gas theory sounds perfectly plausible and the, the mixture I mean they're literally just 
It's like the on St. Patrick's Day when the bar has like the green bucket full of what they call a leprechaun pee. They're literally just throwing, oh, let's throw lead into this tooth filling. Let's throw tin into it. Let's just, whatever sticks. Yeah, but you're talking it's about. It's like when the predator mix, mixes his wound, like cauterizes his wound. He's just throwing he's plaster and shit into the sink. And, uh, you know, like that seems like what they were doing for tooth filling. At the same time, they were still using leeches and bloodletting and, See, you know. What I like is I can't convince you guys that an old lady was totally able to take pictures of the paranormal, and yet you'll use an alien science fiction movie to explain how a tooth battery was made. It's a metaphor, William. To create it's a visual metaphor. To create hydrogen no, it's so a visual fast metaphor. that it can't drain from your mouth and explodes, but only explodes one tooth. No, it didn't drain. It's in this tooth. But the tooth, I got the filling, right? That's why it's only in one tooth. So if the hydrogen is inside the tooth, how does it ignite? It builds up. I guess. Maybe they did smoke. Smoke a pipe. Get that flame too close. I don't know. Maybe. But here's a little bit of a contradiction there. Atkinson uh, did not document any of his patients having current fillings. And he did not provide them fillings for these teeth. Mm. So you're talking about people with a perfectly healthy tooth. That was something he observed about uh, Reverend D.A. Was that the teeth were great. So this is a supposedly healthy, 1817, healthy mouth, and it somehow fills with magical Kennedy bullet hydrogen and blows up. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't, what, what, like, I can't tell if you're enthralled or you want me to stop. <laughs> and I, I have nothing to add to it. I, uh, I don't know. Like, these are all plausible explanations, you know. So you think it's, pla- so, so how, do you agree with Steven that it's a hydrogen buildup? Like, what... What makes sense? Because to me, if you told if you told me you saw a giant ape creature march in front of your car down a dark forested road, I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. If you said my uncle's tooth exploded because he had mouth hydrogen, I'm going to think you're making <laughs> up. Well, I, th- I think for the time, the combination of whatever they're putting in to do fillings, I think that's that's a very likely explanation of just like two chemicals that accidentally got mixed that eventually caused this reaction. Okay. So are you thinking of like maybe long-term chemical reaction that in itself explodes? Or are you thinking the hydrogen theory? Just to a combination of two chemicals that, that got mixed that eventually in itself caused the explosion. Maybe like moisture over time or acidity or... Whatever it may be. You know, I, I, I did just realize, because you guys are both talking about the, you know, how you support the the mixed chemicals idea. I mean, I, I did just realize that maybe dentists were potentially accidentally filling mouths with thermite. Well, I don't know about thermite, but, you know, uh, if you remember back to high school chemistry, the soft metals, right? Phosphorus, sodium, uh, magnesium especially react really bad. They react with the hydrogen in the air, right? Like if they have it concentrated enough. So if you, like, does like like you said, like if you got elements, just random stuff in your tooth filling, maybe there's some stuff that reacted just mm. with not a hydrogen buildup in the mouth, like you were saying earlier, but just air. Oh, you know, or or potentially uh, potentially a, a slow going. Reaction that maybe uh, some sort of surface material is wearing away and it's slowly, slowly starting to react like with the air. Like the enamel wore off or yeah. the filling. Yeah. And then it just, then it, okay. Well. Like one of those Japanese candies where you get, to, you 
suck on and you get to the center and it's like it pop rocks in the center. You have one of those? No. No, they're good. I'm fascinated. Japanese what is can- this? Oh, <laughs> Japanese candies will kill you. They're, they're, we should do a podcast on allegedly. That. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sumimasen kudasai. Uh, <laughs> no, it's yeah. It's like a it's like a jolly ran- picture of jolly rancher, but with pop rocks in the middle, and it's like uh huh. Your mouth blew up. You got you got an extra <laughs> dose of gunpowder in yours. Would you eat a, a Pop Rock Jolly Rancher? I think that's more fascinating than any of the story I just read you guys. This Pop Rock <laughs> Jolly Rancher. Like, I, I, I totally would, yeah. Yeah, all right. I guess we're going to Japan, guys. Let's go get tickets. <laughs> anyway, well, good job, guys. You guys both got it right this time. And Ooh. that's Dustin's first correct guess. Yeah. So <laughs> Yay, Dustin. I did it. Dustin. You did a thing. <laughs> Now, I admittedly am a little upset that my two skeptics think that exploding teeth are totally real, but somehow Bigfoot is a fakey fake fakerson. But I will endeavor to, you know, flip them. Dustin, I really hope your teeth never explode. Thank you. Steven, you know a surprising amount of chem- about a chemistry that I did not know. <laughs> I know, for a liberal arts guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, to, or for listening. Yeah, thank you, everyone, to listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Fiction Fiction and and Strange Strange Truth. Truth. Uh, You can drop us a comment or ask for information, suggest a story. You can contact us at fictiontruthpodcast at gmail.com. I got it right this time, guys. And uh, yeah, go ahead, drop us a comment on any of the platforms we are on. And hey, we will uh, see you guys next time for more crazy stories. (laughs) 